0: on celebrate the, the people high fives i like your shirt and i like your shirt too yes sir come on in come on in over here come on in with me now Dwayne. if you could go ahead for me and just do me a favor and and just grab all those bags go ahead and just grab them he got muscles hercules hercules and if you will just come on and hold them and just come and just stand over here you know Dwayne, what's happening right here right now is that Dwayne is representing right and uh, Dwayne is representing what most men do. Come on. How many dudes can say hey, amen? You know that you're, you don't want no help when it comes to taking the groceries out of the trunk. Listen, I will trip and fall and break my leg in five places. Okay, maybe I'm the only witness. Before I'm going to ask a lady for some help. Come on, ask my wife for some help. I'm going to do everything I can because dudes, we're just so we're so prideful. You know, where often we just want to do it. Dwayne's like, yo, dude, hurry up this illustration. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the thing is, so Andrea is right here beside him. And Dwayne has all of this. But because he's a dude, he represents uh, the way that the the pride that men will have. We're usually going to do everything we can to make sure that we show how macho we are. Because the more that we hold we think that the weight that we're holding and our unwillingness to pass some things off, come on, somebody, is going to make us look better. It's going to make us look like we're, you know, like we have it all together. And although we may look like we have it all together, after a while, carrying and holding these things without any help, man's arms are going to start getting tired, fam. (laughs) And so... So the thing is, and I'm I'm almost done, but the thing is this (laughs) that what happens is that although this is an example that we see in regards to groceries, this is often the way that we and what we see taking place and transpiring as it pertains to our lives, with the pain that we've experienced. Come on, somebody. With the molestation that took place in our lives, with the depression that we're facing with the anger that we have because of what was said to us. Oftentimes, we walk in this place and we we feel as if we have to have it all together and we got to carry this weight by ourselves. But I want to just declare this to you as we jump into this Help Me series. If I can just let you know that it's okay to admit that you're not okay. In fact, look at somebody and tell them it's okay to ask for help. In fact, why don't you go ahead, Dwayne, and just pass some of that off. You know, see? There we go. You got it? She like, let go. I got this. <laughs> and I think that it's amazing because note that even though the load is there and even though things are weighty, that it's a lot, le- it's a lot less cumbersome and it's a lot easier for, to be able to receive help when we're tr- instead of trying to carry everything by ourselves. I hear the Bible declare and say in Galatians chapter 6 that we are to bear one another's burdens. And in so doing, we're fulfilling the love and the law of Christ. Praise the Lord. Come on, can we give God praise for Dwayne and for Andrea? Go ahead and you can drop them now. Yeah, you just drop them. People, they can just be reminded of them. Glory to God. Go ahead. God bless you. Thank you so much. But that's what we often do when it comes to our lives. And so I wanted to just share around the concept of the importance of asking for help and being transparent about where we are. Now, you know, we find this story that actually has the backdrop of the resurrection. And it's post-resurrection. And remember, uh, last Sunday, we talked about the fact that oftentimes, you know, we, like the disciples, because we are ill-prepared, because we don't understand what it is that Jesus is sharing. You know, remember Jesus told them before he left that he was going to die and on the third day rise from the dead and we saw that the bible noted on numerous occasions that they did not understand they didn't get it they did not get what it was that jesus was saying to them and so when jesus rose from the dead uh because of this and because of their misunderstanding of what he said you know people like thomas ended up in a situation where they were doubting And or they just could not believe they weren't ready for Jesus to rise from death because they didn't understand. They thought it was over when it was that he went to the cross. Come on, somebody this morning. And so we find here in this passage a story around this individual who has been dubbed as Doubting Thomas. You know, that just sucks, man, when you like when you do just one thing. And just people just call you. How many of you, you have a nickname or, uh, or you know someone, let's put it out there, that has a nickname because of something that they did? How many of you know? Let me see the hands. Okay. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. So my friends are looking at me like I know your nickname, you know, and that's. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, you know, jumping in, jumping in, here's the story of Thomas. And I think that although he's been dubbed in a negative light, being called Doubting Thomas, that I think that he represents the reality that many of us face as Christians and even, I'd say, as unbelievers. And, you know, and, and you may be in this place. And I think that although Thomas is seen as an individual that is in a negative light many, in, many times, that I believe that there are great things that we can learn from his story. Are you with me? And so Thomas, look at him now in the text. It says in, uh, in, in 24 of John 20, Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them, the Bible says, when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my fingers into the marks of the nails and place my hands in his side, I will never believe. Thomas represents uh, an individual and represents a group of people who are who need to see things in order to believe it. There are many of us and many individuals today who are good with just hearing and believing. Come on, somebody. And these people are celebrated. Jesus even declares and says at the end of this passage, blessed are those who don't see yet believe. And we usually end there and we just say, well, okay, so that means that if you got to see it to believe it, Or if you need a little extra help, come on somebody, then that's a negative thing. When in actuality, can I just poop your party and bust your bubble just for a second? Because in the text, we see that although Jesus makes this declaration at the end, right? That as we continue to read, Jesus shows up and gives in to that which Thomas needs in order to help him to get to the next level. There's some power all up in there, friends, because somebody in this place today, you may feel like you're counted out because you have some doubts. You may feel like Jesus has said it's over because of the fact that you may need a little extra help in believing this Jesus thing or you may need a little extra help in walking by faith. Come on, somebody. and, and, And the fact is that we often get to the place where we miss out on what God has for us because we're unwilling to admit that we need some help. But I showed up all the way to Scarborough right here in Malvern community to declare to about seven people and even those of you who are watching to let you know today that I'm so glad that Jesus will meet us right at the point of our need. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay not to be okay. Come on, somebody. It's okay to make that clear. And because many of us, the fact is that we're still bound and we've been going through stuff for the majority of our lives. And we've been secretly in the closet dealing with stuff. Come on. We closet alcoholics and closet angry individuals and closet, uh, come on, somebody, narcissists and closet, all of this stuff. And we worried about who's coming out the closet. But at least they being real. And so the thing that I love about this, I just showed up with a message around transparency and letting you know that it's important for you to be transparent and real. And man's can throw shade at Thomas all you want, but at least doubting Thomas was real Thomas and kept it 100 And so going into the text, I love this because there's some things that I think are important for us to grasp and understand around Jesus's interaction as we set this series up. Because I'm going to be talking for the next uh, two weeks after this in regards to help me. One more time. Somebody just shout help me. There it is. I believe it's some real folk in the room. The Bible says uh, here in the text that, you know, the door was closed going in verse uh, 26 after Thomas makes this statement and just keeps it real. The Bible says eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, somebody say locked, locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Can I give you point number one? For those who are writing, those who are note takers, I want you to take this down and realize it or tweet it or something. No man-made barrier can block Jesus from breaking through. In fact, go ahead and look at your neighbor, just prophesy and preach to them if you will. Tell them, neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, neighbor, no man-made barrier barrier. can block Jesus. Come on, folks. You might be able to block folk on social media. You might be able to lock the door. Come out of your house and make the decision you don't want nobody coming in. But I wonder if it's about five or six people in here this morning that know that no matter what barrier you put up there. Come on. You might be able to block man, but Jesus can get past any barrier that we put up. ADT might keep the robbers out. Come on somebody. You might be able to go ahead and put in that code. But the fact of the matter is that that security is not going to stop Jesus from showing up in the life of one that he wants to bring to a place of transformation. And many of us have been locking our doors, you know what? And the fact is uh, that many of us we often use building blocks of insecurity in an attempt to establish safety. Pick it, pick it. Many of us we often build use building blocks of insecurity in an attempt to establish safety, and you have this illusion. Come on, that you're putting up and you're this in these insecurities. Come on, that you're projecting at security and safety, making it think that you gotta fake the funk. And if you fake the funk, and as long as people think that you're okay, come on, that that's going to put block people. And I'm telling you that even if you can block folks, that you can't block Jesus. No man-made barrier, no matter what it is that you do, no matter how you try to cover yourself, no matter how you try to put yourself in a position that you come across as if you're okay, it's not going to block Jesus from showing up in your situation. Can I tell you about Adam and Eve? Come here, Adam and Eve. Back in Genesis chapter 3, we find that Adam and Eve were in a position where they decided that they were going to disobey God. And they disobeyed God and did what they were going to do. They decided that for those who are new to Bible, God told them, do not eat from this tree of knowledge, good and evil. And they decided Eve first under the manipulation of a snake that was possessed by the devil, decided that he, that she was going to eat from this tree. And the Bible says, you know, after she fell, And after this took place, uh, that she went and she went and gave this uh, same fruit. Many of us think it's an apple. The Bible actually doesn't say that it's an apple. Apples get in bad raps. Apples (laughs) are still good for you. (laughs) It was a fruit. Come on. And the Bible says, goes and gives this fruit to her, uh, to Adam. And Adam decides, instead of covering her and standing there, uh, standing up and saying, nah, God said, this this can't work. He decided that he was going to eat it too. And what he ends up doing is sin comes upon all of mankind because of their disobedience. But what they did as soon as they went into a place of failure is the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, uh, I believe it's around verse 7, talks about how they sow fig leaves together and they start covering. You know those famous pictures of the leaves that are covering? This is... This is portraying what it is that Adam and Eve did because they realized that they were naked and they did this because they were attempting to hide. Come on, to put up a facade, to build a barrier that would separate not only people from seeing them, but they're going and also trying to hide from God as if God is hindered by the barriers that we create. And so this thing started from the inception of mankind, that we were to a place of hiding and trying to cover ourselves because we don't think that it's okay for us to be real about it. And hence the reason why we have uh, grown men that are still walking around with trapped little boys inside of them and making decisions that are destructive. Because they've put themselves, they've locked themselves up attempting to cover themselves because with their, with this facade making them think that it's okay. And they're building this thing out of insecurity, but they're really getting jacked up inside. And I showed up to prophesy and to declare and to decree over somebody's life that it's time to come out of hiding. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to get free. Come out of there, little boy. Come out of there and be healed little lady. I don't care what happened to you as a child. God's desire is not for you to remain in bondage y'all say man why did i show up today this is the perfect time me and my afro showed up to preach to seven of y'all and let you know that god wants you to be free and nothing you do to block him out come on church will stop him from showing up in the middle of your situation and i'm so glad that no matter what it is that we put up come on i love how david says even if we make our bed in hell behold he is there come on church So number one, no man-made barrier can block Jesus from breaking through. And this is why he's able to just show up and just do some incognito stuff and just show up like a ninja in the middle of the room. And look at this, though, what he says. The text says, although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. And look what he says in verse 26. He says, peace. Somebody say peace. Be with you. Two fingers be with you. He's making it clear that he wants them to have peace. Can I give you point number two? So not only uh, does no ma- is no man-made barrier capable of blocking Jesus from breaking through, But also, and this is why we are singing the song, right? You know, there's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't, you know, no wall you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Come on, come in after me. This is why we're singing and declaring these things. But number two, Jesus wants you to walk in peace, not pieces. Jesus wants you to walk in peace. Not pieces. In fact, that's good enough good enough to high-five your neighbor and tell them. Go ahead and high-five your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, neighbor, Jesus wants you to walk in peace. Come on. <laughs> Not pieces. Come on. See, some of you, man, you think that because of what it is that you did, you think because of what it is that you're facing, you think because of the hardship that you're up against, that God couldn't want you to walk in peace. Some of you, you really feel like God wants you to be in a place of torment for the rest of your life. Am I the only person that's ever been there? I never forget, man. One time I was sitting in a service and the pastor was like, close your eyes right now. And I want you to picture what, in fact, I want all y'all to do that right now, too. Go ahead and close your eyes. Think about this. Close your eyes. Every single person in this place, close your eyes. And I want you to think about what face are you seeing God making to you right now? If you were to picture God's face, would it be a mad face? Would it be a smiling face? What type of face would it be that he has towards you? Now go ahead and open your eyes. I remember that a preacher asked me to do that. And when I did so, all I could see was a mad face. And some of you, when you saw your, when you just close your eyes, you just thought of God's disposition to you. And you think of a mad face because God couldn't want me to be in peace. I mean, doubting Thomas, you know, what in the world? I, I did, he told me. He told me. He, he told Thomas he was rising from the dead. He told him. And Thomas still did not get it. And then he even put standards out there to say that unless I put my hand in his fingers and unless I put my hand in his side, then I'm not going to believe. Jesus could not actually want me to believe. He couldn't want me to have peace. Because of what it is that I've done or what it is that I'm going through. God couldn't love me to allow me to deal with what I'm dealing with. Am I the only one that's ever been there? But I'm here to tell you, I love the fact that Jesus shows up right in the middle of their situation. And the first thing he declares is not you guys are a waste man because you don't believe, but he says, peace be unto you. Man, I showed up to just declare peace over somebody today to let you know that even though you showed up feeling like you should be condemned you showed up feeling because of the chains that are attached to your life Come on, or the chains of doubt or the chains of fear that have had you controlled over these years. I showed up to let somebody know that Jesus is declaring peace in your situation that marriage that you think that it's impossible for you to be able to have a peaceful marriage or a blessed marriage I declare peace over that marriage right now. Somebody that showed up today and you feel like and I say this all the time because i've heard it and i've seen it people feel like they want to blow their brains out because you don't think that you are worth being able to have thoughts of peace in your mind i declare peace over you today he shows up because he wants you to be in a place of peace not in a place of pieces he doesn't want you to be he wants you to be in a place of wholeness and and in order for you even if your life is in pieces even if there's parts of you everywhere because of horrible decisions that you made or even if your mind is all over the place because of the stuff that you're facing and because of the things that you're up against or even if your family is broken apart because of some horrible choices i'm here to tell you that even if your life is in pieces that god don't want you in pieces come on your life can be jacked up and spread all around but at the end of the day you serve a god that desires you to be in a place of peace and by the power of the same spirit that raised him from the dead he can bring all of your stuff to a place where you're walking in wholeness despite the way your situation is jacked up wonder who i'm talking to this morning I love what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. He declares declares and says, I have told you these things because I want you to have peace. Go ahead. You can write it down and check it out. He says, and then he goes and says, in this life, somebody say this life, you will have persecution. But then he goes on and says, but be of good cheer or take, uh, take heart because I have overcome the world. Who'd I come to talk to this morning? See, some of us, we think that Jesus has promised that we're not going to have any issues. Come on. Some of us, we think that because we're having problems, that that means that God is not with us. But I showed up to let five or six people know in here today that God did promise and let you know that you will have challenges. But he declared and he opened the statement by saying that I've world so no matter what you face it's not greater than my ability to overcome come on i wonder if it's a church in this place that can give god glory because no matter what you're facing is not greater than the god that you serve his desire is not for you to be in pieces number two jesus wants you to walk in peace not pieces you still with me and so i want to go on and i want you to understand this because i think I think that this is some really cool stuff. As we move on, he says, after peace, he says in verse 27, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. I love this. This is just so dope to me. He doesn't rebuke him. He says, do it. Put your finger. Put your, hand, your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. And he says, put your, uh, in the place of my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And so although some of y'all might be super deep, come on, and you might have it all together, and every time, you know, because you're, you're, uh, you're, when you go to the bathroom, it smells like roses, you know, and you came out, of, you came out of, of your mom's room speaking into other tongues, come on, and, you know, you bathe in anointing oil. Maybe I'm, the, I'm not the only one that didn't have that experience, come on. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, there are some of us that need sometimes a little extra help. In the middle of what we're facing. Come on church. And I love the fact that Jesus does not rebuke Thomas. But he meets him right in the point of his need. That he says I understand that you're in the position that you're in. I understand that you need a little extra help in this situation. And instead of rebuking you. I'm willing to meet you where you're at. So you can walk into what I've called you to. Thomas. And notice. Jesus was not even there When Thomas made the declaration, because the Bible says that in verse 26, that eight days later is when Jesus showed up. So Jesus was not there when Thomas even said that he has to touch and feel and all this stuff in order to believe. But Jesus shows up and he meets him because of his authenticity. Can I just help about seven people here today to understand point number three? You ready for point number three? Jesus honors honesty, not fakery. That's actually a word, too, fakery. Just letting you know. Some English teacher's like, let me, let me check the dictionary. No, I checked it. <laughs> Jesus honors honesty, not fakery. In other words, he honored, even though Thomas was in the place that he was, where he needed to touch and he needed to see in order to believe. Because of his authenticity, because he kept it 100, because he kept it real, Jesus was willing to give him what he needed to get to the next level. Yo, that's some good stuff, fam. because uh, the fact is that God honored his honesty. And there are many of us who are in a position today, and you think that you need to fake the funk, you need to fake the fake, In order for God to meet you at the point of your need. Man, who'd I show up to preach to on this morning? I believe somebody's going to get free. Because you thought you had to fake the faith in order to get what you need. When Jesus showed up and he gave Thomas exactly what he needed. Because he was real. The other disciples, they may have even been in a place where they were doubting. And they didn't speak up. But Thomas is like, hey, hold up, man. I know y'all sanctified. I know that y'all is turning somersaults, but at the end of the day, I am having challenges believing. I need some help. Somebody shout help. Help. And there's someone today that God is you are in the position where you're at. And Jesus has showed up in the middle of your situation like he busted through that door to show up to give Thomas exactly what he needed. Thomas was not with the other disciples when they saw Jesus the first time. And so Jesus needed to do a special appearance. And he was willing to show up eight days later to give Thomas a special appearance right where he was because of his authenticity and his transparency. I showed up to let seven people in this place know, maybe even a hundred of y'all, to let you know this morning that the fact is that no matter where you are, that Jesus honors honesty over fakery. Stop faking the faith stop acting like you got it all together stop but jesus ain't gonna deliver your cover girl come on jesus is not gonna deliver your front come on he's gonna deliver you when you're honest and he'll meet you right where you are at the point of your need we live in a generation that teaches in the acts like we gotta fake it in order to make it but i'm here to tell you that jesus would rather you be insecure than phony Who am I talking to this morning? He would rather you be in a place where you say, I'm not okay, than you act like you're okay and think act like you have it together. How you doing? Bless the Lord, highly favored, hallelujah. It's so good to see you. And there's hell region inside of you. Come on. Anybody ever been there? and you show up at work and they talk to you and they say hey how is it going I'm so glad to uh, you know how are you doing today and you just say I'm so good and I'm glad you know can we just bring it and I'm so glad I'm just glad to, to be here today and blah 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 and you know that your life is a mess and you know that your life is a wreck you know that you felt like when you were driving I, I know I'm talking to somebody when you were driving you felt like just turning the wheel and just ending it right there come on and you and but, but something kept you when and you made it into work come on somebody today you showed up to church and you were the end of your rope and I don't know what it took for you to get here But you felt like quitting before you got here And I'm showed up to tell you Me and my water bottle that The fact of the matter is That God has a plan And a call for your life And the fact that he got you here This is a special announcement And a special appearance To let you know that no matter what you're up against Come hell or high water Just be real with God Because he honors your honesty Above your glad that god doesn't leave us stranded come on church i'm so glad that when i was in a place where i needed some extra help that jesus didn't leave me by myself but he said you know what i'm willing to show up through doors if that's what you need i'm willing to show up because i want you to get what you need to get to where you where I, the destiny that i have for you what am i talking to this morning You know, we see this in scripture because uh, the Bible declares that God doesn't like gray. In fact, uh, that's the only color he doesn't like uh, because Revelation chapter 3 verse 16 where he talks to the church of Laodicea. And he says, he says to them, he says, listen, y'all are lukewarm. He says, I don't like lukewarm folk. I don't like people that act like they're, they're not hot or they're not cold. He says, I don't like this. I like people that are black and white. racially the pastor said jesus only likes black or white people you know people be sending emails crazy stuff like that that's not what i said you're a liar he's saying he wants you to be hot or cold because otherwise he will spew you out of his mouth are you hearing me i don't want jesus to spit my life out of his mouth because it's lukewarm you ever had lukewarm tea lukewarm coffee? That's nasty, man. And he's saying... That's what you are coming across at. I wonder what he would say to you, mom, who's acting like you have it all together, but you know that child that's in your life has been jacking you up and you're unse- you're un- you are you're insecure to the place that you won't shout out and cry out that you need help. I wonder what he would say to you, sir, who's in the position where you're having that pain, but you're in a place where you won't be willing to go to the doctor and make it clear and say, hey, what is this and what's going on? Because of the fear that the enemy has trapped you with. Who am I talking to? God wants to work with people who who are real and not walking in a phony place i'm almost done i love gideon and the fleece write this down check it out judges judges chapter 6 verse 36 through 40 you don't have to turn there but check that story out gideon asks god and he says to him because god promises him that he's going to get he and his army are going to have the victory and gideon says God, I know what you said, but I'm going to put some fleece or some, some material out on the ground. And when I put this out here, I want that. And he asked him for two signs. One was that the grass, that there's going to be moisture on the ground, but that the, the fleece would be dry. And then he asked him again, if the first time wasn't enough, he goes, I want you to put uh, to make it to where the fleece is wet and the ground is the ground is dry and both times God meets Gideon where he's at i just want to charge somebody up this morning not only this mark 9:24 we find uh, that there's this individual who has an experience with Jesus in mark chapter 9 where his son is sick he's having like epileptic seizures and all this sorts of stuff happening and we believe that you know let's well declare that he had a demonic spirit that was attached to him And the Father, Jesus, tells him, all things are possible to them who believe. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. So, You may be in a place today, and I might be talking to somebody, that you're in that place where you're halfway, where you're in a place where where you're you're having challenges, believing or trusting God through the middle of a situation or something that has you bound or something that you've been facing for the course of your life. And you're to the place where it's difficult. And with these grocery bags, you're just holding on to them and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to do this all by myself looking crazy. When somebody is standing right next to me, willing to meet me at the point of my need. But in order to look like I'm macho and to have it all together, I'm willing to carry these bags and continue to walk in a place of destruction. And I, I want to tell you, just because Thomas saw didn't mean that that nullified his need for faith. Right. Seeing is not always believing. Although Jesus was willing to meet Thomas where he was at, it did not mean that Thomas, by default, because of seeing, would have believed. Because somebody out here, you're saying, Pastor, you're preaching the opposite of faith. You're telling people that they don't have to trust God or they don't have to have faith by saying that sometimes God will meet you and he will help you and they should cry out for help instead of, aren't we supposed to have faith? Well, how many of you know that Jesus walked on the earth in front of folk in plain sight, healed the sick, raised the dead, and they still didn't believe. He opened the eyes of the blind in John chapter 9. And they still didn't believe. They still put him on a cross. So seeing is not always believing. And so Thomas still had to exercise faith and belief even though Jesus met him at the point of his need. And so I don't know about you and I don't know who you are or what your situation is or what you're facing today. But I'm looking at a room full of people That I know at times in your life, you are tempted by Satan to act like you have it all together. You might have grown up in a culture that tells you that people who cry are weak. You might have grown up with a father or a mother that said, Stop being a sissy. Can I keep it real this morning? You might have grown up in a situation where they told you that it was not okay to be in a place of brokenness or to admit your brokenness. And consequently, your life has been in pieces. But I showed up today to encourage you that no matter what you're facing, that Jesus wants you to live a life of peace. And I don't know how how it looks I don't know how grim it is, but I tell you, don't give up today. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, help me. Jesus is here. Some people think, oh, Jesus couldn't show up because there's the barrier of crazy movies that show on the screen." Jesus couldn't show up in no movie theater. You know what happens in the back row with these youth? But how many of you know there's no barrier? And right now, Jesus made a special appearance for somebody right here in the middle of a movie theater. And he's saying, call out for help. Don't fake the funk any longer. Come on, church. So somebody today, I want you to go ahead and give God praise if you believe that somebody is going to walk in victory out of this experience. Come on, give God praise if you believe that victory is coming to life today.